0: Talk Dollars and Cents. Yes, it is that time of the morning where we like to talk dollars and cents, Elorina. I know it's one of your favorite topics. You well, you know like it. spending money.
1: I do. That's what I'm good at.
0: <laughs> Not much else. <laughs> well, that's why we get people in that are smarter than us that can tell us more about such things, and Make we us have... feel bad about ourselves <laughs> yeah. and our decisions. <laughs> true, true. We are very lucky to have the Deputy Director of Griffith Institute for Tourism and Griffith Business School, Sarah Gardner, joining us this morning. Good morning. Well, good, good morning. Great to have you on board. Now, obviously, you specialize in business and tourism. Two things that I guess over the past six months or so have been affected quite, you know, rapidly by COVID-19. What are some things that perhaps uh, people wouldn't know about that has affected uh, businesses during this time?
2: Well, it's been a pretty rocky road for the the tourism and hospitality industry, but also businesses um, throughout this period in 2020. And it's looking better in 2021, but there's still going to be some rough patches, I think. Um, What we've seen in our city, particularly because we are such a tourism-orientated city, we've been pretty heavily affected. So across Australia, it's about, uh, you know, around about 19% of jobs have been lost out of the tourism and hospitality industry. But if you look at the figures for the Gold Coast, one in six uh, Gold Coasters were employed either directly or indirectly in the tourism industry um, prior to the pandemic. So you can see a lot of people on the Gold Coast have been really heavily affected by what's happening at the moment.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Well, it actually seemed like though over the last month that a lot of people were trying to spend more money on tourism here on the Gold Coast. We went to SeaWorld because we had to come back from Sydney uh, when they said, come back or you have to, you know, (laughs) Um, stay in a hotel at your own expense. So we came back and went, just checked in to see, well, it was packed. So there are some gold coasters and local people that are giving back to local business. Do you think there's some other ways that we can help out our businesses during this time?
2: Yeah, I think it's an opportunity for everyone in the, the city to get out there and start exploring their own backyard. Um, what we typically do if we go on a day trip or maybe an overnight stay, um, Australians tend to drop and flop. They flop on the beach and um, mm. have a bit mm. of a relaxing holiday on the beach or That's they visit me. a national park or something like <laughs> that. I love a good like flop that. on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> drop and flop. <laughs> that is so me. I love it. But what we need to do during this time is is start to uh, invest in our local industry by doing things like dining out. We like our food and wine, so heading yes, out to a do. restaurant rather than self-catering. See, I do that
1: a lot. I'm very helpful. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And then maybe if you're going to go to a national park, maybe consider going on a guided bushwalk. Um, last holidays I went up to Binnaburra and they've got oh, guided bushwalks. Yeah, and yeah. So the opportunity to um, have a tour guide take you out in the park and explore that beautiful national park in our own backyard. And we just learnt so much by having a guide with us. So that's not something we would typically think about doing um, in our own, you know, just somewhere that's very close to home. But something really important because then that guy gets a couple of hours employment. You know, everyone benefits from that. Mm. And for people who are listening
1: who do own their own business, um, what's some advice that you could give to them coming into 2021 in maximizing profits and whatnot?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting and and really understanding your customers is going to be really important over this next 12 months. There's going to be lots of ups and downs and changes, um, you know, changes in government policy, regulations, you know, opening and closing of borders, markets switching on and off. Even, you know, we were surprised to see you know, our, our neighbours next door in Brisbane and the surrounding area kind of get switched off pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. So we've got to be, you know, we're talking about ad, ad, being agile, but what that really means is just knowing who your markets are, um, thinking about who, which markets you've done really well in, which customers come and see you now, but can you maybe think about other markets that, and other customer groups that, you know, you might need to kind of move your product or change the way you market, but can you find other parts of the of, of the market that are going to really be interested in your business. Mm.
0: And how do people that are so, like, traditionally have done business for so many years, they're stuck in their ways, move from being like that to actually assimilating into how everyone's doing business at the moment. A lot of it's going online. Mm. Is there some tips you can give to people to, to move out of the dark ages in that respect that may have been, you know, I suppose... Um, affected by COVID-19 because they hadn't done that just yet?
2: Yeah, I know. It's really tough for businesses at this time. I mean, you, get, you, you create a successful business and you do it really well and you create the processes and, and the way you do things in a way that you know re- really works well for your business um, in the past. Um, but our new future is, is you're going to have to be a lot more agile and, and move and shift. Um, I think particularly really thinking about your customers, um, understanding what their needs and wants are, Um, thinking about new markets. And I think as we move through this, businesses are really going to think about not just, you know, marketing to everyone, but having quite niche marketing strategies. So certain products and a certain offering and communicating in a certain way to really talk to a particular part of the market segment. Even uh, you mentioned going to SeaWorld and things like that. Um, I bet you what they're doing is thinking about, you know, which part of the market is going to be strongest for us moving forward. Um, We can't just rely on generally um, day trip visitors or domestic visitors um, to to really prop up our business. So we're going to have to start to think about kind of really small parts of the local market that might think, you know, um, SeaWorld's a great opportunity to maybe do the, the reef snorkel or something like that and that's sort of like a family um, – weekend activity that we could do together to kind of connect with each other and have fun with the kids. So that kind of really targeted marketing um, to a particular market segment. Mm.
1: Yeah because I know a lot of businesses um, were catering like a lot to tourists coming through and now that they're not anymore they've really died down a lot. Um, So for local people what can they do to um, really help the businesses along. I know you were talking before about um, even something as small as like Google reviews and things like that.
2: So when you post something on a Google review or any of the other social media sites, um, the businesses are listening. We call it social listening. And so businesses are listening to what you say. And it's, it's become one of our main forms of getting customer feedback Um, you still get the traditional surveys and things like that come through, but often um, businesses are listening to those reviews. I think it's really important to be really honest in those reviews, but really think very carefully about putting negative reviews online because it can be quite impactful on that business. Mm. Um, And also often those negative reviews, you know, when you look through them, um, maybe something outside of the business's control. So for example, if you do an outdoor activity and you get sunburned, I mean, the business might remind you to put sunscreen on and wear a hat, but they can't control your actual behaviour. So you need exactly. to you need to kind of think about what, what am I responsible for and what's the business responsible for? Is that a really fair assessment of that business? Because that can be quite harmful to the business if they get some negative reviews. True. Mm. I was actually
0: close to doing a negative review the other day. Well, still am, because I went to a day spa and I left my swimmers there. I've only worn them once. Went in there. I called them. They said, Yeah, we've got heaps of swimmers. Went in there. They couldn't find the swimmers. I left my number. They still haven't called me. And I'm thinking, They've still got my old boiler swimsuit <laughs> and I want it back. I've only worn it once. <laughs> do I get online and get cranky? Well, I don't know what to do, what else to do.
1: To be fair, if you went online and got cranky, you were the one who originally left, left your the swim swimsuit there. in a locker oh. in, in
0: their business. So, yeah, anyway. I don't know. In those circumstances, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think I'll just steer away from the negativity. I don't like it anyway.
2: I would suggest you just contact them directly and, and make that comment because i will still take it in the same way um, as they would if you made it completely public. So I think you're thinking about whether is, – is this something that other people need to know about – in terms of them making a decision to visit that business? Or is this something between myself and the business, which is probably best taken offline? Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Thank
0: you so much for joining us this morning, Sarah Gardner. Thank
2: Thank you. Thank you. It's been fun. Great.